So we continue our discussion. This will be the last of our discussions. We've got a lot of ground to cover here to do justice to this. I'm afraid we won't, but um, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, Sugadev has explained that uh, Brahma has gone to the ocean of milk and Vishnu has responded favorably. He's coming and he's not coming alone. Hmm? Coming with his, his expansion, Ram, Balaram, and his, his power, Yoga Maya, if you will. And and he's asked to bring these special devotees from the heavens also to participate, who come into the body of Vishoda, Devaki, Nanda, and so forth, to experience the fullness of these um, sentiments, parental love and so forth, friendly love, romantic love. <clears throat> so the point here in, in this regard is that when we have the prospect of entering into these, this affair, this is uh, the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Leela is different from karma. Karma is, is obligatory work. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, something like that. You, you know, you, you've, uh, you've taken and now you owe. Um, so there's there's movement out of obligation, and then if we have no obligation, the karmic obligation is resolved, and there's no reason to move. But if you have resolved your karmic obligation through bhakti, hmm, then um, there's scope for movement because while it's true, and you can argue well that if you're full and complete, why move? Hmm? Because we move out of incompleteness. We think we want or need something. And so, as I said, as soon as you want, then you've got trouble. You've got struggle. You have to go somewhere. You have to... And so on. So, movement is, is thought to be related to, to want, to desire. If you have no desire, then why move? And some philosophers reason along these lines. I mean, transcendentalists, and wisely so. But we reason in a different way. Hmm? And that is that if you if you have no desire, hmm, and you're and you're full in yourself, if you're full in yourself. How will you be full in yourself if you are a unit of being, knowing, and loving? Hmm, how will the loving component of yourself, which is kind of the purpose, you exist, you know that you exist, and you exist for a purpose? The purpose is love. So the self has a capacity to love. It is it's an object of love. So if you're full in yourself, hmm, how will the love component of yourself, the purpose of yourself, be fulfilled when you are, if you will, unto yourself? Again, if love is, if, if love is valued or graded on a scale of reciprocity, hmm, reciprocation, there has to be another, hmm, a significant other. So... That other then gives rise. Love is love is is not still. As I said before, we cannot rest until we find love, materially speaking. And when we find it, then what happens? Do you rest? <laughs> no, not at all. It has its own orbit, so to speak. And so the leela is moving. It's moving. It is movement 
out of fullness. So there's this static aspect of it, enlightenment and bhakti. Static means you're still in relation to the movement of the world, which is headless hmm? and problematic. Hmm? But you're dynamic in the sense that you're moving out of fullness. In other words, you can be so full and complete that you just have to tell everybody, I'm full. And so movement, dancing, hmm? celebration. Hmm? Not out of any need that you have to get something, but just out of how full you are. That is the idea of Leela. So they look similar. The movement of karma and the movement of Leela look similar. Krishna's in the world and looks like a member of the world to some extent. Hmm? Stories seem worldly in their content and so forth. and so. But this is Leela. Hmm? And, and the idea is, here is to enter into the Leela. There's a place hmm, for that. Hmm? To have interaction in love, reciprocal dealing with the absolute, which arguably would fulfill the com- loving component of the self, the Ananda feature of the self. Hmm? Without that, hmm? how much can you love? Hmm? So, this is the idea in bhakti. And it's important to know here that so Vishnu is saying, I'm coming to the world and Buddha Bhava, Bhagavan Buddha Bhava, we heard he came to give Bhava, to douse the world in Bhava. And and some people who are highly qualified but not finished in, in heaven, they are called to come down and participate in the Leela. Got there, not by wanting material things, but by imperfectly practicing their yoga. Hmm? But imperfectly, they went there, waited for some time until Krishna Leela appeared on earth, and then they got the opening to come there. Very special idea. Hmm? Hmm? The point is, you can enter there. Hmm? There's a way. And that's what this part of the Leela here is about in Matura. Hmm? We'll hear it, what happens. So, uh, he's going to come. Hmm? Right, and so the story begins. There was a king hmm, uh, named Devamita, and uh, he had uh, two sons, one named Sura and one named Parjanya. Hmm? Sura means like godly, and Parjanya means like rain cloud, something like that. Hmm? And. and um, and he had two different wives, so one which was common in those days. He had a wife from a uh, villager who was like from an agricultural community, and a wife from a um, royal family. Hmm? So Parjani was born uh, from the wife from the agrarian agricultural community, and Sura from the uh, the uh, royal family. And they had their sons. So, Prajanya, he had five sons. And Sura had oh, a number, I don't know how many, but one of them was, was Vasudev. So this Vasudev and the sons of Prajanya from the agrarian community, the agriculture community, they had a relationship. They were what we would call in today's world half-brothers. 
And among the sons of Parjanya, of which there were five, they were all named um, with names stemming from the verbal root nand. The verbal root nand means love, bliss. So there was Upananda, Sunanda, Nanda, and Nanda, and so forth. One more, I forget his name. So they they are all brothers. And amongst them, Upananda was the eldest son, and generally the system was that the eldest son would become the king. This was a king of, of cowherds, people. Hmm? village king. Hmm? And um, when Parjanya, who's named after like rain cloud, means he was like like a cloud of, of mercy. Hmm? Very, very generous and whatnot. And, and, and it came time that he thought, it's time for my oldest son to take the rule of the community. So he handed the kingship to Upananda. Hmm? Upananda was his name, the elder brother. And the first act that Upananda did as the king was to take off his crown and coronate Nanda, who is the middle son. He said, in relation to you, I am just an Upananda. It can mean a little Nanda. (laughs) So this middle son, Nanda, he became the king of the cowherds. And on the other side, from Surah, as I said, came Vasudev, and Vasudev was living in Mathura. Mathura is the metropolitan area hmm, related to the um, rural area of Vrindavan, all within what's called the Mandal, or the circle of Mathura. Hmm. When Sugadev begins to describe the birth of Krishna, first he speaks about Mathura. Hmm. What does he say? Very nice wording. Let me see. can't remember offhand. Hmm. Um, but appropriately, he, he 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 glorifies the place of Krishna's appearance. Mathura, Nitya, Sanihito. Hmm. Sanihito means a couple of things. Um, here it is. Here, I think. Nityam Sanito Hari. Nityam Sanito Hari means Hari is always present, Sanito. He's always present, Sanito, in Mathura. Hmm? So, very special place. Hmm? This Mathura Mandal, the circle, as I say, it has a metropolitan district and a rural district. And the divide is the Jamuna River. Hmm? And it's kind of like having a head and a heart. Hmm? Um, but Sukadeva begins the story. It's, it's theologically complex because Krishna is going to be born in both of these places. He's going to be born in the metropolitan area and he's going to be born in the rural area. And there's a distinct difference between the two. Hmm? One is the Krishna avatar and one is the Krishna avatari. Hmm? And one represents Vaidhi Bhakti and one Rag Bhakti. So he begins 
by talking about Vaidhi Bhakti. Vaidhi Bhakti means Bhakti with, uh, uh, we do because we should do it. It's the right thing to do. Hmm? And uh, because, after all, you should worship God. Hmm? And so it's with knowledge of the Godhood, of the Godhead, which includes then, in terms of its, its worship, um, some sense of regard, reverence, hmm? and which creates some distance also. Hmm? It's, a, it's a love that's out of duty, if you will, which is a high thing. In other words, I do it because it should be done, regardless of what even may the consequences may appear to be for me. I do it for my country, even if I have to die, because it's my duty, something like that. So it's a noble thing that's praised everywhere, you know. Support the troops. <laughs> you know, <laughs> idea. So, um, <laughs> so this is the basic idea. And then the ragmarg means out of, out of love, without, means without, without any calculation. Hmm? There's calculation in I should love because it's God. Hmm? And Ragmarns means without any calculation, I, 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 I love him like I love myself. Hmm? My relationship with him is like my relationship with the parts of my body only, almost. Hmm? If something happens to me, if I stub my toe, I don't think my toe, has, my toe has been stubbed. It is hurting now. I shall put my hand on it and I will say, ouch. <laughs> it's not like there's no calculation involved, just immediately. It's, it's me. Hmm? Something like that. This is the kind of relationship that the devotees in, in the rural area have with Krishna. Hmm. Very different. So, but he begins, and appropriately so, in the metropolitan area, which is formally called Mathura, although the whole circle is the Mathura Mandal. He says it's a very special place, this circle. Hmm? He says that Nitya Sanhito Hori, Hari is always present there. But Sanhito means present, and it also means hidden. Hmm? So he's present there, hmm? and he's hidden there. He's present in Mathura, always. And he's known all over the world today, he's being celebrated. Krishna's born in Mathura. Hmm? The Janmastam, the birthplace, is a big temple there. and You can go there. And then in the bottom underneath, there's a, there's a prison. Hmm? Well, we didn't get to that part, did we? <laughs> he's born in the prison. Hmm. Um, jumping ahead there uh, so this is a famous story Devaki means uh, really uh, who gives fame hmm? Yashoda means the same thing hmm? but Yashoda, well, Yashoda gave the fame to Devaki she's famous Devaki Putra said in the Upanishads hmm? Krishna son of Devaki hmm? we'll get to that but he begins by glorifying this Matura in Mathura, Krishna is overtly God. We'll see that from the nature of his appearance. In the rural area, Krishna is not. Hmm? Hmm? Krishna is present in Mathura, in the metropolitan area, and he's hidden hmm? in the village. He's literally hidden, and he's theologically hidden as well. Hmm? So I told you it was a little more theologically complex. <laughs> This section. So, what happened? Hmm? In Mathura, this son of Sura, hmm, whose name was Vasudev, was betrothed to Devaki. 
And Devaki was the daughter of Devaka. And uh, Kamsa was the son of Ugrasen, who was Devaka's brother. So they were cousins, but they were like brother and sister. Hmm? It's like Arjuna is the cousin of Krishna and sometimes referred to as his cousin brother. So they had a very solid family structure. In the Leela has a really good father and mother system and all that. And extended relatives are always there to help out and and they're not spread out by the uh, industrial influence and so forth. Very healthy, happy. So, so many mothers every child has, and so many fathers, and so many brothers and sisters. Hmm. Um, I had a nice experience of this. I do readily in Madhavan, and we're in a very rural area in Central America and Costa Rica. And uh, in the area, I don't think they go anywhere. <laughs> you know, it just lives there. And everybody knows everybody. Hmm. And... Uh, it's a, if, a, if our car gets stuck on the road, it's a happening. Swami's car is stuck. Well, bring, I got a hammer. I've got a wrench. You know? and, uh, and that's the story at, the, at dinner. Swami's car got, uh, broke down and we came and so forth. These are the big events, you know. <laughs> I think. But they never go anywhere. They're just there in that area. I was just looking at that. I was just, just feeling that it's so different than here in North America, how, how we live. And it was very um, attractive, hmm? very attractive. Um, so, um, Kamsa and Devaki, they were like brother and sister. And so Kamsa was, was driving the chariot and they are off to the, whatever, their honeymoon or something, or a wedding procession. Hmm? And suddenly an oracle came from the sky and it said, the eighth pregnancy from the eighth pregnancy of Devaki, you will meet your death. And the word there is used, not putra, but garba. Hmm? From the womb that becomes pregnant, the eighth time, your death will come. It said to Kamsa. Hmm? Kamsa, this guy, he was not a really nice guy. Uh, he, he was very... Um, um, had very bad bad character, carried over from his previous life. <laughs> he was uh, a fellow named Kalanami in his previous life. It's described in the Bhagavatam, killed by Vishnu. And uh, he had some sons, too. He had uh, six sons. These six sons were actually originally the sons of Marichi, the mental sons of Marichi, Kam, Krod, Loba, Moha, Mada, Matsarya. Kam, Krod, Loba. There were six of them. They're not, they're not great. They're Kam, means lust, Kroda, anger, Loba, greed, Matsarya, envy, like this. Hmm? These are all the mental sons of Marichi, and they, they criticized Brahma. Brahma, who we heard about, he did something that seemed out of character. And rather than thinking, sometimes great people do something out of character, but it doesn't characterize them necessarily. Hmm? 
And so they found fault in him, which was inappropriate given the circumstances. They criticized him. As a result, their karma, they had to take birth as the sons of Kalanemi. They were sons of Marichi. And as the sons of Kalanemi, they uh, were the grandsons of Hiranyakasipu. You might have heard of him. For the Nishingalila, the personification of materialism, if you will. Hiranyakasipu means gold and soft bed. So money and sex. <laughs> this uh, makes the world go around in another sense. So he had some communication with Brahma and he got some, some benedictions from Brahma. And so these grandsons of Hiranyakasipu, they went directly to try to get a connection with Brahma themselves. And Hiranyakasipu was upset that they didn't, he didn't go through them. So he he cursed them as well. These these calm crowed Lobamo, they got a bad a bad deal. You know. So they they he cursed them that they would have to take birth hmm, and be killed by their father. So you never know who's your son or who's your daughter <laughs> in the world of karma. Hmm? So they took birth as the sons of Kamsa. No, they took they took birth, excuse me, as the sons of Devaki and Vasudev. Hmm? And Kamsa was the next birth of Kalanemi. So Kalanemi took birth as Kamsa. Hmm? And because it was said from the sky that the eighth issue of Devaki will bring about your death, didn't say son, because that needed to be hidden a little bit. Hmm? Because as we'll see, it appeared that the eighth issue was a daughter. Hmm? Which, if it had said son, it was a daughter, it would have thrown him off in uh, some confusion. And the whole Leela might not have played out. So the Devas, they wanted this Leela to play out. Hmm? And for good reason. Because it has to do with Krishna's appearance. Hmm? Because, well, the story is that Krishna would be the eighth son of Devaki. And he would establish the Dharma. And Kamsa was such a person that he was propagating Adharma, irreligious practice and... Uh, it was the personification of the problem that the earth was feeling and took the shape of a cow and complained to Brahma about because of people like Kamsa. So, um, hearing this on the chariot, then Kamsa decided to kill his, kill his sister. That's the kind of guy he was. Okay, the eighth child of my daughter is going to kill me, so well, let's kill her. But Vasudev reasoned with him philosophized with him. Well, it didn't go, go very far. Hmm? In a last-ditch effort, Vasudev said, look, here's the thing. Trust me, don't kill your daughter because that's not going to be cool. I mean, even, even bad people don't do that. <laughs> so it's not going to make you popular. It's going to make you unpopular. And you don't want to be unpopular. So what you should do is trust me and I will bring you each of the children... I will bring you. I will bring you the eighth son. You don't have to worry. Or eighth child, hmm? and so he gives a real lot of really good basic um, Vedanta philosophy that just went, went in one ear and out the other of Kamsa. But when Vasudev said, "Look, trust me. I promise you, I'll bring you the eighth son," he immediately accepted. Such was the character of Vasudev. Hmm? He was a devotee. He was spiritual but he was morally very stout. So his word was like, like gold. Hmm? Hmm? And so 
Thompson felt some security. Everything went fine. Hmm. But then, by bad association, he came to believe that, you know, maybe the, the oracle said eighth, but maybe, you know, who knows? It could be the sixth. It could be, you know, could be any one of the sons. And so he, by bad association, he got influenced and he decided to imprison Devaki and Vasudev and kill all their, their children. Hmm? So one after another, one, two, three, four, five, six, he killed them. This is Kalanami taking birth as Kamsa. And uh, based on the curse of Hiranyakasipu, these sons, Kam, Krod, Lobo, they've been killed by their father. Hmm? So you don't know who's your father, who's your son. This is the problem in the world. Pujapat Sridhamars in his own kind of autobiographical biographical notes told the story of how um, in his childhood, his youth, in school, hmm, he had a leaning towards the traditional and religious perspective rather than the modern, um, more secular perspective and philanthropic, in a worldly sense, perspective. And he met, he, he met a friend who had also this kind of religious side, spiritual side orientation. And one day they were discussing, and that boy referred to his father as, oh, that gentleman, he said this. And Chidamar says, how can you call your father that gentleman? That's not a way to talk about your father. And he said, that's true, but it's true. He is just a, some person. Who knows who he was in his last life, who will be in his next life. Hmm? And this was like a lightning bolt in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, the consciousness of Chidamar. He said, yeah, it's true. It's true what you say. Hmm? My father is just some gentleman. Hmm? Who knows what it'll be in and this just hearing this once, it was it was one of the 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 cataclysmic or moments of epiphany in his life. And the character of Shidam was 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 Marsh was such that he speaks about two, three, or four of these types of incidents that you might experience and have an epiphany of that make you think and then of course then the world comes back on and then you just go on with your life. But he that changed his life from that day. Hmm? Changed his life. He had an epiphany, and he thought he didn't let that go. He hung on to that. Hmm? He got an insight and took it in. This is what we call submissive hearing. He heard in such a way that if he knew that's true, I have to make that part of my life now. Hmm? He wasn't hearing for entertainment of the intellect, titillation of the intellect, but to change his life for the better. So when some point like this came, he. The full implications of that became clear to him, and he took it in and made it part of his being. Hmm? We should hear like this. Huh? I used to think when I was young, I used to hear many people give lectures um, in another institution on a regular basis, and I used to go, not everybody was great at it, um, but I used to think if I could hear just one point, just one point in the whole talk that really kind of hit home, then I think it would be successful. And I'll take that point in and, and build on that. Hmm? Make that a cornerstone for the temple in my heart. Something like that. Where Krishna, Radha and Krishna will dwell. Hmm? So he made many points, Vasudev, to um, Kamsa, but you'll never get samadhi hmm? 
You'll never enter the samadhi, enter into samadhi. If you're too much attracted to Bhogaishwarya, to the glare, the glitter of the world. So comes was the epitome of such. And so this philosophy just went in one ear and out the other. But the word, the character of Vyasadeva was very compelling. His character, his person. Hmm? And so comes and went with this, as I've explained. And so he's, and then Vasudeva's delivering the sons hmm, of Devaki. And one after one another, hmm, the father from the previous life is killing his children in this life who are the sons of someone else. And this is the way of, of the world. Hmm. Looks are deceiving. Hmm. So one after another, the children were killed and the seventh child came. And the seventh child appeared to have been a miscarriage. Hmm. This is the Angsa that we heard, Balaram. Hmm. He is the Krishna's God, probably used to call him, like we say, Savior Bhagavan and Sevaka Bhagavan. So there's Bhagavan who is served and Bhagavan who appears as the servitor. Hmm. Krishna's Godhead served and then Ram is the personification of friendly love and um, uh, embodiment of service to Krishna. So he uh, appears first in the womb of Devaki and prepares the ground. He is like the Kanda Guru Tattva, the reservoir of the Guru. So when you meet the Guru, then Krishna is not far from there. My God, Brother Vishnu John Marsh used to say, the distance we have traveled thus far in our material sojourn before meeting our Gurudev is far greater than the distance we have to go from this point on. Hmm? Now we have a captain on the sh- and we're on a ship. Hmm? We have a navigator now. Hmm? Now we can go systematically. The distance is very short from here to there. Once Balaram comes, Krishna's coming very quickly, you can be sure. Hmm? He prepares the, the ground. He, he, his, he carries the, the plow. Hmm? He's an agricultural god. Hmm? And so he makes this, the ground fertile, the ground of the heart for planting the seed. Hmm? Both things must be there. Before we can plant the seed, that is Diksha, you have to make the the ground fertile. You have to create faith. Hmm? You have to create uh, teachable moments. We heard in Kamsa there was like not a teachable moment. Hmm? Hmm? So one child after another dies, Balaram comes, makes the ground fertile, and then that potency that also, we said Vishnu will appear. That's Krishna. He hasn't come yet. Hmm? But also his Angsa will come. Hmm? That Balaram, he's come now. And his potency, internal potency that orchestrates the affairs of the Leela, Yogamaya, she's coming. And she came and transferred Balaram from the womb of Devaki to the womb of another wife of Vasudev, Rohini, who was not in prison and was sent then by Vasudev across the river from the metropolitan area to the, to the rural area of Vrindavan. Hmm? There in Vrindavan, Balaram is born, naturally, before Krishna, a couple of weeks before. Hmm? It's said he was such a beautiful child. Hmm? 
that is so charming that despite the fact that he was blind, deaf, dumb, and lame, hmm, it, it, had, it, it, it didn't get in the way of everyone's being enamored by him and his affection. You can imagine if your son was born blind. He's blind. Oh, well. And he's deaf, and he's dumb, and he's lame. You've got to get over all of that and, and be joyous about the child's birth. It'd be a little, a little difficult. But these huge impediments, if you will, just had no impact hmm, on, on the family. Imagine how charming he was. <laughs> but of course, as we'll hear, and as I'm saying, Krishna appeared about two weeks later or so, something like, well, about eight days later, a week later, really. Baladev Purnim, he comes on the full moon. Krishna comes eight days into the um, waning moon today. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Krishna was born, as soon as Balaram was brought next to Krishna, then his eyes opened, his ears opened, mm-hmm. and all of his, his dumbness, lameness, blindness, and so forth all disappeared. It means he's living only to see for Krishna, only to hear about Krishna, only to serve Krishna. This is the, he's the personality of God at exemplifying service to himself. Hmm? Very extraordinary idea. Hmm? So, meanwhile, it appears that the seventh child in the metropolitan area in the prison is a miscarriage. Hmm? And then the eighth child comes into the womb. Hmm? And this is the one that was predicted. Huh? And Bhagavatam describes the birth. What's happening in this, uh, metaphorically, of course, uh, instructive for us in terms of sadhakas is that Devaki is represents bhakti hmm? and kamsa represents fear but in this context a healthy fear the sadhaka the practitioner hmm, has a healthy fear a healthy anxiety and that fear and anxiety is that that is there anyone of spiritual consequence that knows what I'm doing hmm? and cares about it. It's an interesting concept. Is there, I'm doing my practice, is there anybody of spiritual... Con- service means that, you know, well, there's somebody who you're serving. Hmm? So we want that somebody of spiritual consequence is thinking about us. Someone of spiritual standing. That will be good for us. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Sadhu hmm? Sangha, <laughs> that's everything. Hmm? Hmm? So that, that, that when Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsitaka used to travel and he'd come to a village, he would ask, they would always promote, here's a, it's a, great, there's a great devotee here in our village. Come in. And he would always ask, under which Vaishnava are you serving? He said, oh, what are you talking about? I'm... And he would, then he would dismiss him. Hmm? So uh, Pujapachiramash once told me, you have to understand that we, our position is the fifth position. First there's Krishna, then there's Krishna Das, the service of Krishna, servant of Krishna. Krishna Das, Anu Das, the servant of the servant of Krishna. And then there's the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. And then there's the fifth position. That's our position. And this is the way spiritual life works. It's very interesting. How is that? In material life, it's thought that we will get ahead by in a crude sense, stepping on the heads of others. 
In spiritual life, it is thought we will get ahead by having our head stepped on by others. Hmm? 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 What others, of course? By, by sadhus. Hmm? That means that, we, that we, we, we humbly go forward with a serving disposition. And the more we can be in a serving position, which is you're in the fifth position, you're getting closer. Hmm? While there appears to be a distance, actually, service is what's connecting. So if there's more service in between the first position and the fifth position, then the fifth position is better. Hmm? This is kind of backwards thinking from how we're accustomed to thinking. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. So Devaki represents bhakti, and Kamsa represents a healthy anxiety, a fear. It's also a fear of, of, the, of the senses, the five senses. Hmm? It's a fear of these kam, krod, lobo, moha, mada, matsarya. They're still there. The sadhaka deya, when we give initiation, like we did this, this, this morning, some, we get a sadhaka deya. It means our body and senses are to live within certain parameters and it, they become spiritualized. Hmm? And what's the difference between matter and spirit? It's not like matter is solid and spirit is like like a ghost or something like that. No. It's about uh, motivation and influence. Maya Shakti is a particular influence that causes us to take and exploit. The Srup Shakti, Bhakti, makes us a giver. And beautiful. To be a servant is beautiful. Everybody likes a servant. You know that lady, she says... Your alarm is set for 4 a.m. You ever try her? She's great. You know, I think, well, the devotee should listen to her. I think, wake me up before you. Your alarm is set for 4 a.m. Anything else? <laughs> the digital bhakta. <laughs> so, there's a healthy fear for a sadhaka. There's a learning curve. There's still attraction to the world, the senses, the sense objects, and so forth. We try to put ourselves in an environment that's favorable, but the world still draws on us. And so there's a healthy anxiety. Hmm? That it, 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 it's not neurotic or anything, it, 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 but it, it, it serves to help me. It's a negative impetus. Knowing I stand before my guru and I know what my prospect is. Ah, and it's so extraordinary and I feel exalted. But I also feel where I'm at. And that's like, seems far away from these two contradictory feelings at the same time come before us. So we've got to deal with the latter feeling. We've got to deal where we're at. We know where we're to go on the map in the mall and we know, and you are here. And you have to focus... Here you got to know. Well, you got to go there, but in order to get there, you have to know what steps to take from where you are. Hmm? So the sadhaka deya, this this sadhana is 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 the perfection, so to speak, to take our senses and ultimately have them only engaged in relation to sense objects, objects of sight and sound and taste and touch, only for the purpose of using those objects for the satisfaction of the senses of Krishna. Hmm? When your senses are like this, engaged like this, your mind hmm, 
will become bhakti will ride on the mind, will take over the mind. This Buddha Bhava, Bhagavan Buddha Bhavana, this Bhava that Bhagavan c- comes to give, it will take over your mind. Hmm? The mind will become spiritualized, the senses will become spiritualized. That kind of contact with that kind of person will be very helpful for us. Hmm? And our sadhana is meant to do this. If you perfect your sadhaka deha, you will get a sita deha. Hmm? Everybody wants a, his meditative body to serve in Krishna Lila, but mm, we're not so interested in using the sadhaka deha which you've been given by the Guru, which means to follow the example of the Goswamis, pay your respects, uh, some austerity, rise hurling, all these things, restricting the senses and mind and, and so on. Hmm? But perfect, you have to understand that perfecting the sadhaka deha gives rise to the Siddha Day. You have to serve in Rag Bhakti in a Sadaka Day and a Siddha Day. You have to serve in both. Hmm? Serving in the latter will arise out of serving in the former. Hmm? And serving in the former is former is a formidable um, task. Hmm? It takes time. And so there's a healthy kind of anxiety. I, I don't want to be distracted. Um, I want to sit and chant and my mind will focus and so forth. So Kamsa represents this kind of anxiety because Evaki is, is, is bhakti and she has anxiety that, and a fear from Kamsa. Hmm? And when the time of the eighth child is, 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 is being born, what's happening in Vasudeva is his consciousness is mature. Vasudeva means this, the state of pure consciousness. Hmm? He's in Vasudeva consciousness. And so from his mind, it's a sharing of his mind. His mind is taken over by Bhava. And he's sharing his mind with Devaki. This is initiation. Hmm? He's giving Krishna, just like the Guru gives Krishna Nam. And the Nam, the name and the named, there's no difference. When we give the name, when we give the mantra, hmm? there's a sharing of, of hearts, of faith. And faith here means experience. It means faith means absence of doubt and, and free movement. Hmm? No suspicion, we're in home. Hmm? Free movement, homeland of the heart, sharing the heart. Like I said, Guru has to speak the language of love and has to translate it into the language of, of reason. Hmm? If, there's, if it's not backed by love, if it's not coming from the heart, it won't enter the heart. If it's only coming from the tongue, as I said, it will only go in the ear and out the other ear. So, this is initiation. As I said, Janmastami means Krishna is coming into your life. This is the idea. And how Krishna comes into our life? Baladev comes, hmm? prepares the ground hmm? as Guru Tattva. And this, the, the, the seed is passed on and so forth. And then it's, it's, it's cultivated, reaches maturity, and Krishna is born, and fear is gone. So Krishna takes birth. But he takes birth in Mathura, with forearms and with a helmet and jeweled ornaments and so on. Not an ordinary birth, so it's very Aishwarya. That's why I say this is a Bhaiti Bhakti birth of Krishna. This is Krishna Avatar, the Avatar of Krishna. Hmm? And Devaki says, oh, you know, God, hmm? Kamsa is going to kill you. You've got to disguise yourself. It's her bewilderment in ecstasy. 
So, of course, he assumes the form of an ordinary child, and we've got to wrap this up quickly here. So he is in the rain. He's taken by, Nana, by, by Vasudeva across the river into the rural area, and he's placed in the home of his half-brother, Nanda, whose wife is pregnant and just about to give birth. Look at the story in Mathura, and we look briefly at the story in Vrindavan. The story in Mathura is a difficult story. It's a struggle. Krishna is born, but in the prison, and Devaki has to go through so many difficulties, and, and she's in prison, and so on and so forth. It means, in one sense, Vaidhi Bhakti is a little, little hard. Still, you have to do until you be qualified for Rag Bhakti. But Rag Bhakti flows naturally, because Rag Bhakti means it's motivated not by, I should do it, but because I can't not do it. Hmm? I just find Krishna so attractive. And it dry, it's a driving force. Hmm? This is not to be imitated. Hmm? Therefore, we go first through, through the Dwarka, through the mature Leela. And then we follow across the river in due course. Vrindavan uh, is the ideal. Hmm? There, what happened? Everything was great. No problems. The kingdom is of the cowherds was perfect. The only, there was only one problem. Nanda Maharaj was getting on and he didn't have a son. Didn't have a son. Hmm? And the problem was that Nanda Maharaj, and he told it to his wife, Yasoda, every time I think of having a son, I think I should have a son and he should be more, well, God, he should be more beautiful than God. Hmm? More charming and attractive than God, than Orion. That's how I feel. And then I think, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so I lose my impetus to beget a child. And you sort of said, I think the same thing. Every time I think of having a child, I get this vision of a son who's more beautiful than God. Hmm? And I think, that's a crazy, that's impossible. So I give up. So they said, well, how do they share notes like this? And they think, well, let's worship God. Let's do that. So they perform this austerity for one year. Hmm? This Dwadasi Brut, maybe only drinking milk for a year. Hmm? It means Jashoda is, and none of their completely controlled people. Hmm? Yeah. And after a year's time, it turns out, oh, she's, she's pregnant, and they get a vision of Narayan, and they get, um, of course, the birth of Krishna, and he's more beautiful than Narayan. Hmm? They worship Narayan, they go to church on Sunday, they offer the Arctic to Narayan, but their mind is somewhere else. You have the experience too, but it's a little different. Hmm? Their mind is on Krishna only. Hmm? The whole Leela of Krishna, their sense that he's God is absent by the power of their love, which is spontaneous and uncalculated and natural, and their love of him is, is driven by the, uh, by the taste if you will. Hmm? And this is the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, to enter into that Leela, the Vrindavan Leela. And that is the Abhutari, hmm? the partial manifestation of Krishna, Abhutar, that is Krishna in Dwarka, and Krishna in Mathura. And that Krishna in Mathura, he will deal with Kamsa, hmm? he will go to Dwarka, establish a city, he will establish Dharma, speak the Bhagavad Gita all these great things, and Krishna and Vrindavan won't do anything. He just plays flute 
and if some problem comes, the Vishnu inside him will deal with it. Hmm? He's avatari. He's the source of all the avatars, so they're all, they're all different faces of him, so they're all within him. When Kamsa sent his henchmen to try to find the eighth child, because the eighth child didn't, uh, didn't manifest because he was taken across the river. He was exchanged for the daughter of Yasoda, hmm? who was brought back, who was that spiritual power personified. And when Kamsa came to kill her, he, she jumped up in the air and said, no, good luck, and showed herself as the goddess, and, and so on and so forth. So he, he got the idea that his son's been kidnapped, taken, stolen, so he sent henchmen to Vrindavan to try to kill the son, hmm? Krishna, of course. And, um, and the Vishnu in Krishna said to have dealt with all the problems. Krishna, therefore, the idea of Leela, the word Leela, which is our ideal to enter into the Leela, has its full application only in Vrindavan, not in Mathura, not in Dwaraka. Hmm? If you look in the Bhagavatam, the word Leela is never used directly to describe what's going on in Mathura and Dwaraka. Hmm? Only to describe the play of Krishna in Vrindavan, because he who plays, as I often say, it takes power to play. If you want to play and take a vacation, you have to have money in the bank, you have to have the power to do that. So he who only plays... He is all-powerful. This is Krishna. He is the avatari, the source of all avatars. And in him, all possibilities of love are found. Hmm? So, this is our ideal. Hmm? You want to go there. He's about to appear here. Now, the next uh, function in our proceedings tonight will be to open the door as we'll have the bathing of Viraj representing Krishna. In the Arctic and in Mahaprasad. Bhagavan Sri Krishna ki jai. Sri Krishna Janmastami ki jai. Gaur Bhaktabindu ki jai. Gaur Premanandi.